Previously on the Simply Human podcast. You know, if you're looking at evolutionary theory, one of the precursors to the eradication of a species or a, a, lo- a species in a particular location is when the environment changes so radically that you don't have the parts to be able to cope. So your hoverboard is awesome unless someday you go to plug it in and there's no electricity. It's episode 115 of the Simple Human Podcast with your host Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Molly Galbraith. Hopefully, we haven't recorded with her yet, so hopefully the world hopefully the end. world doesn't end yeah. between now and then. <laughs> then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Tanya, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Rick, I don't know if you are good. I I, I have reason to believe that you have started using illegal drugs. Is that well, true? It just depends on where I am in the world. I mean, <laughs> laws differ from time to time. When in Rome. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, Mark, and uh, I feel like maybe some of our listeners do. Maybe some of them don't. So maybe let me set two, the stage Maybe here. two so, of them do. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of months ago, we started deciding to like, hey, let's uh, you know maybe open things up for – People to make small donations, kind of more of a, uh, a democratic way to support the podcast. You like it, you chip in money. We're not going to charge people for the content, whatever. So Mark and I, we're, we're very sensitive to the fact that like, hey, people who donate money, and I don't care whether it's 50 cents or $50 or whatever, like uh, we're very, very appreciative of anybody. Anytime somebody does that, by the way, if you want to do that, you go to the store link on the simplyhumanlifestyle.com page and you can donate there with a the button. So we are obviously like uh, very, very grateful anytime we get one of those. And so Mark uh, will send me a list of people and email addresses and stuff like that. Actually, he'll just reply to their, I guess, email with an email of his and copy me on it. And I make sure, you know, we don't want to give like a canned response. Thank you for donating. Yeah, it's not like an goodbye. It's not an automatic. Like every know that if you're one of these people that's donated and you've gotten an email, it's been handcrafted. uh, It's been genuine. It's been like there's no copy and pasting. Well, Mark usually responds with something to the effect of like, "Hey, thank you very much for donating. We really, really appreciate it." You know, kind of down the line, and uh, in an effort to show that uh, we're being funny and goofy in our regular personality, usually I will send something uh, kind of a different. Uh, I guess like a handcrafted type joke. Here is an example to Angela, who donated. My reply to her was, Angela, thanks so much for your donation. Since you helped us out, I would like to extend a very special invitation to you and you only. Would you like to help me burn Mark's house down next weekend? If not, I totally understand. I'll use your donation for bail money. Something that's a little bit off the wall. And let me pause very quickly and say this. If I wasn't a policeman, if I didn't have my current career, uh, what I would want to do most in life is some form of like creative writing. I would probably fail miserably at it. I'm scared to death of uh, of going out on my own and doing something like that and, and, and being poor and destitute and dying hungry and alone. But, but that's, the uh, that's actually what I said in my interview at the police department I work at now. If you, you know, if you couldn't be a cop, what would you be? And I said, I'd be a writer. And that kind of blew their minds away. Like, what kind of a writer? Shakespeare? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, like, you know, comedy writing. I'd like to write jokes. I'd like to write short stories, stuff like that. I think you would be good as a writer on America's Funniest Videos. Yeah. As you, <laughs> you're an idiot. As you can imagine, uh, that's probably, uh, you know, 
I don't get a lot of opportunities to do this in my regular life. Most people, if they have a kind of a creative bent, I'm not saying I'm an artist or anything like that, but like people with a creative bent, unless they go into something creative, that's usually some part of their side of their personality. They don't get to experience a lot, which is why I like doing the podcast so much with Mark, uh, is because I get a chance to laugh and joke and kind of be funny and, you know, off the wall. Well, this is kind of one of my chances to be a little bit more off the wall. And I may have gone a little bit too far off the wall with a couple of other ones, and it legitimately made Mark mad. Bad <laughs> <laughs> so, enough. Is that that's not why I unfriended you though? We no, already, that was a separate. We, we talked already, about it on the we last already, podcast. We already talked but, about that. Okay, I, we re, so, I've refriended Rick. By the way. Last week, Mark sends me. Mark, I'm going to try to get to this without laughing. So Mark cc's me uh, two uh, two don't two separate donations for me to reply to. Uh, I'm going to read one of them word for word because she replied back and was very tickled by it. Yeah, real funny. Mark was super worried about it, like legitimately like very, very worried. This is to Christina. She she donated, and uh, and, uh, you'll you'll understand uh, what I'm talking about. So my reply to Christina was, yes, thank you so much, Christina. I know it sounds cheesy, but we really are passionate about helping people live their best lives, and your support of the show helps us to help people. Mark and I will be good stewards of your donation. I had a long talk with Mark about how he should definitely not use this money to purchase more black robes and goat leggings. (laughs) You see, Mark has recently converted to Satanism. Great. He He dedicated his entire family in service to who he calls, quote, my dark lord and master. Idiot. And along with other religious conversions, there's a certain amount of things you have to buy. A startup fee, as it were. But I have... Made it abundantly clear that he is not to use simply human donations for these things because I know the whole worshiping Satan thing can be rather divisive for our listeners. And I actually auto autocorrected there. I realized it says decisive. I meant divisive. So it's pretty a little bit next level than like the other like kind of short blurbs. If you've donated, you understand like you've you know usually gotten like a sentence or two from me, not like kind of a really long story. Well, Mark is legitimately worried about this until Christina emailed us back and said, you know, ha, 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 you guys are funny, baby, spit coffee all over the place, whatever. Well, there's one I sent, and we haven't – I'm getting kind of a little bit worried about this too uh, uh, that I sent, and I'm not going to read it directly because maybe Mark's right. But basically <laughs> I imply um, in this email – Easy. That uh, – <laughs> yeah, how are you gonna do I'm trying this? Trying to find a gentle way to say this. I'll start it off by saying like, uh, hey, how about just maybe uh, maybe Nazi themed humor? Uh, maybe maybe is a little too to hot to touch. Yeah, maybe seventy uh, years after uh, World War Two. Yeah. Maybe it's still uh, it will, maybe that's still not a good. It thing. It will never uh, be that time. But basically, I imply in this really, really, really long email that Mark is a is a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Great. And Mark is like legitimately worried. And so I wanted to reach out via the podcast to Denise and tell her that I was just kidding. I hope that I didn't defend you. Uh, I I think she that. I didn't really think it out very well. Uh, Because you were on drugs. The Nazi themed jokes from here on out. The Nazi joke series is out the door. (laughs) So if I it fitted you in any way, I'm really really, it was in the interest of being funny. And sometimes uh, I go over the line a little bit. I try not to, but I we really do appreciate your donation. I promise you that I did not uh, walk in to Mark's house and find him quote around the house. I promise I didn't really see that. Mark is not a Nazi. He's like the nicest guy I know. 
Hold on. Uh, intro. <laughs> he does not wear a helmet with the spot. No, I guess that's uh, not really Nazis. That's like the Kaiser, I guess. Yeah. But, so, Mark, I'm sorry for uh, potentially well besmirching your good name. And Denise, I'm sorry if my uh, joke was in poor taste. You, you make uh, it, I will apologize from now on. You make it sound like that the the issue was whether or not you were joking. I don't think that was the issue. We all know you were joking. It was just <laughs> <laughs> the the joke was in poor taste. I think was. I don't the know. Issue. I, I feel like I would have to read the whole thing and let like a listener poll, but I'm not going to because I don't want to. Yo, your panties in a bunch over here. Yeah. But my panties are in a bunch. It's kind of <laughs> and we were like going in this other group thread. I was like trying to get support for like, is this this is across the line, right? I mean, this is we can't be emailing this kind of thing to our listeners. I feel know. like people who are gonna go the extra mile and donate to our show get it know the kind of stuff we go back and forth with yeah. and are probably not like i'm not saying like easily offended but like it's not like i you know peppered this email with a thousand f words and gds and all <laughs> yeah, this and that yeah. like uh you know just kind of a funny story but yeah and it was so long and so elaborate like that's you were just sitting that's there thinking said. about <laughs> long and elaborate it's my calling card oh geez well um so i uh... basically i say in the email i've got it pulled up uh, I give her the thank you for all this, and I say, also, here's an interesting factoid for you. <laughs> Did you know that Mark okay. is a vowed Nazi I thought you were not. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, great. Jeez. He's, he's, so, he's still on drugs. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's so out of left field. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did your brain go there? Okay. Oh, God. And, you know, I write those emails in like two seconds. There's no thought put into them. I just start writing and what comes out. So I will tone down the thank you donation emails. If you want your own donation email that's weird and off the wall that has nothing to do with Nazis, yeah, you should uh, go to simplyhumanlifestyle.com and go to the shop page, store page, whatever it is. Unless you specify that you want an email from Rick, I'm just going to leave him off. (laughs) I think people have enjoyed my quirky replies about... Yeah. You know, would you like to come help me burn Mark's, burn house, Mark's house down, down or, and other yeah. things? So, uh, my wife and I were on the cover of a magazine. Oh well, I think we need to add that to the bragging, <laughs> which I'm still working on, which we're going to do soon. But um, so that's that um, sparked one thing, and it was I'm I'm the quote unquote keynote speaker of the Taylor County Extension Office's little conference they're doing, and that is tomorrow. <laughs> I don't even. I didn't. Even, I had to look. What like? What the heck is that? Like, what is Taylor? What is an account? <laughs> yeah. What is that officer? So apparently, yeah. It's it's. Uh, well, I don't really don't want to get into it because I don't. Still, I still don't know. Um, so, hey, maybe you should Google it. Yeah. Maybe you'll figure it out that way. I did, and it's still. It's like when your friend like says what he does for a living, and you're just like. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So let's get to our interview, hopefully, with Molly. Um, Go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. You can go to the store tab and see all the things that that we love. Um, I I feel like, I don't know. Oh, by the way, real quickly, uh, we had Dr. Doc Parsley on a few episodes back. And uh, he and I, we we all talked off air. And he sent me a sample pack of his sleep cocktail. That's what we're calling. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I've started to take it, and so I will take that, and I will report back to our faithful listeners. There's lots of people yeah. in this community who like that stuff, and uh, man, if I, it can help me sleep, it can help anybody sleep because I'm really behind the eight ball on that stuff. Well, so, I'm glad that you uh, got it because he did not send me Jack well, Squat. Maybe because you live out in the middle of nowhere, like they have to get it on the Pony Express. I live in the city where we got cars and buildings and people and stuff. So I don't know. Who knows? Well, so I can tell you this. 
it is it tastes really good oh so there That's you go excited uh, we'll, we'll report back on uh on how it helps me sleep but there you are so all right there it is follow us uh like us on facebook go to twitter instagram all that is at simply human 52 um and so without further ado let us get to our interview with Molly Galbraith. Uh, Simply Human Zone from episode 12, I believe. It's been a long time since we've had Molly on. But here she is in all her glory. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, the return, her second appearance, the great Molly Galbraith. She was on episode, I believe it was 12. That was early, early on in the Simply Human podcast life. But Molly, thank you for joining us again. It's been a long time. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. It'll be great to catch up. Now, um, I believe I heard, I, is that a monkey? What's that? What is that? It right sounds there? like you're broadcasting from the jungle. Are you in the jungle? I, I do happen to be in the, the great jungle of Costa Rica right now. So like I said, if you hear, a, it, well, the monkey howling actually sounds more like a lion roaring. Ooh. And it's hysterical because these things are tiny. Um, so when you, whenever you hear a lion roaring, you look in the tree and you'll see this itty bitty howler monkey, or relatively itty bitty compared to the size of their roar. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're having a great time. So I apologize if there's any kind of noise pollution in the background. But um, like we were saying earlier before we got on air, this is this is a work in the context of real life, right? Yeah, exactly. So, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, so tell us what you're, what you're doing down there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm down here with my boyfriend. We are staying with two good friends of ours, John Goodman and Dr. Allison Chen. John runs the Personal Trainer Development Center, and Allison runs the Naturopathic Doctor Development Center. And this is our third time going somewhere warm during the winter with them. I recently, in the last like year and a half, became kind of location independent. And um, when I've lived in Kentucky my whole life, nothing sounds better than escaping <laughs> Kentucky for the winter. So it's a it's a workation, and we're down here for a couple months, and um, it's fantastic. I love being here. Love the fresh air. The obviously the temperatures and stuff. And I honestly, I just take better care of myself when I'm here than I do when I'm at home hold up for the winter you know never leaving my townhouse and all that good stuff so yeah just kind of here living and working and enjoying myself yeah i i wonder if that's why like if you go to like san diego or miami places that are warm and and have good scenery and stuff it's like people are just generally more healthy because it's just sort of like a the context is just you're just kind of inspired to you know eat right and all this stuff <laughs> Yeah, it's. And I mean, it it changes my attitude. It makes me want to get up earlier. I you know walk more often, um, more consistent with my eating. I mean, if you want to like go get junk food here, it's like you have to like actually really go out of your way, go out of right. your way to do that. So um, the produce is great. The meat's really great. So um, yeah, this like I said, this is our third time kind of escaping um, Kentucky for the winter, and it's it's fantastic. My stress levels go down, and I really force myself to step away from my work more often. There's a couple times a week, at least I'll be at my computer and it's like five 30 and I'm like, it's sunset. Like I don't ever want to miss another sunset because of work, you know? So I, I have a tendency to be a workaholic. So this is, this is all about stepping away from that and taking better care of my health. Yeah. So you have the website girlsgonestrong.com. And, and when, last time we talked, I know that, that that had already started, but what is the how has that progressed? What is, what is Girls Gone Strong up to now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a couple years, right, yes. since we've talked yeah. at least. So, 
So I think in the last couple of years, I mean, we've made huge strides. So Girls Gone Strong started in 2011 with a group of seven women from all over the world who were um, health and fitness professionals in different areas. So we had kettlebell expert, a woman who was a collegiate strength coach and powerlifter, um, women who were into, you know, powerlifting or figure. And so we all kind of came from these different facets of the fitness industry. And we decided that we wanted to teach women that strength training could be a really powerful part of their life and that physical strength would translate into mental strength, strength of character, emotional strength, all of those things. Over the last several years, we've evolved a bit. And um, some of the women who started Girls Gone Strong have stepped away to do other things. But now we have this amazing advisory board of nine world-class experts. Everyone's an expert in something different. And we kind of are, we look at ourselves as like this united voice of reason to fight back against the multi-billion dollar weight loss industry who convinces women that they should be less instead of more. So we have an advisory board with a naturopathic doctor, um, a pre and postnatal expert, a women's health physical therapist and athletic trainer. We have several women who are um, kettlebell certified through RKC and SFG. And so it's really just like this kick advisory board of the smartest women in the world who are all coming together to to be a voice of reason in, in women's health and fitness. Awesome. Now, yeah, so you said uh, the sort of the uh, conventional wisdom is that girls should be less, not more. And it's like, okay, how can you lose a bunch of weight? So like, what are your, like, what are you, what is your opinion on, on stuff like my diet is better than your diet and, and uh, uh, biggest loser and all that stuff? Yeah, you know, to be honest, I haven't seen the My Diet is Better Than Your Diet. I've heard a little bit about it, and um, I understand that it's kind of like flashy and entertaining, And but that's kind of the problem, right? So this multi-billion dollar weight loss industry preys on women's insecurities, telling us that we should be less. And, um, you know, I think that it's it's fair to say that, you know, men have pressure to look a certain way and women have pressure to look a certain way. But Girls Gone Strong advisory board member Aaron Brown says there's something inherently different about men being asked to be bigger and stronger and faster and women asked um, being asked to be to shrink and be less and be smaller and tinier and, you know, in all of these ways of our lives. So, um, I think that those, those shows aren't my favorite. Um, in the last several years, I have become a bit less dogmatic about there's only one way to do things. And I've uh, become a bit more open-minded to like, Hey, let's just get people moving their bodies, eating a little bit better. There's no one perfect way for anyone to, uh, to achieve, um, you know, health or weight loss or fat loss. And, and it's more important about like, how can we find something that this person is going to stick to over the long haul, but at the same time shows that promote someone losing 25 pounds in a week or losing half of their body weight, you know, from 300 or 400 pounds down to 150 or 200 pounds. Um, and expecting that in setting these expectations for what the lay person thinks that they should be able to do, I think is really damaging. Yeah. Now you you uh, created quite a stir in on the Facebook uh, in the Facebook world with a with a post and was that on was that January first when did you post that uh, Yes I, well I don't know what post you're talking about I'm what? just kidding oh, um, yeah. Yes <laughs> which which post Yeah I was um, like oh no they, yeah. they all get millions of views Crap, Right she's yeah the, face, the Facebook post heard around the world Yeah so that was on January first. And I had the idea for that actually a few weeks prior when I was walking down the beach in Costa Rica with my boyfriend. And if anyone has heard my story, um, 
I've been interested in fitness or kind of in fitness for the last 12 years. And I started out overweight and sedentary. I lost a significant amount of weight, um, competed in figure multiple times. I dabbled in powerlifting a little bit. And, um, so over the course of like the first five or six years that I was in fitness, um, I lost a lot of weight and was staying pretty lean. And then between 2009 and 2015 or 16, even my body's gone through a lot of fluctuations and it's been for a number of reasons. Um, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, uh, which is autoimmune thyroid disease. I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I have adrenal dysfunction, which is a feedback loop issue between my brain and my adrenals. And so all of those conditions make it significantly harder to lose body fat and keep it off um, due to hormone issues and and other things. And in that time as well, um, I unexpectedly lost my father to pneumonia. I found out he was sick on a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, and he died on a Tuesday. I left a six-year relationship. I was starting Girls Gone Strong. I had started a gym. Basically, I just been through all kinds of major life stresses. And my weight fluctuated, of course, you know. And so, and, and I also had kind of the havoc that I wreaked on my body from doing the multiple figure competition. So my weight's fluctuated quite a bit. Um, still in a very healthy range. I'm almost 5'11". My weight's fluctuated um, in that time. Let's see, I competed in figure at about 152 to 154. My normal, like, good, like, feel great weight is around, like, 162 to 170. And the highest I got was, like, 183. Um, but again, I've got pictures of this all over my site, and I look very healthy and strong at 183. And so, anyway, my weight's fluctuated throughout the years. And I was walking on the beach with my boyfriend, and I said, you know, I just... I never really want to take a before or after picture again. I just want my body to be what it is right now and for that to be okay. And for the last several years, I've been a huge fan of being extremely vulnerable with the people, um, with my community and my audience and talking about my struggles with my weight and my health and um, all of these things. And the response has been really amazing. Women are super excited to hear a female fitness professional say, you know what, it's actually really hard. It's really hard to eat well and to, you know, consistently exercise and to stay in shape. And, you know, sometimes our body does things that we don't expect. And so I just decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So I thought, I just want to take a picture. Like, what does my body look like today in the middle of December with no preparation for a photo shoot, no dieting, no cutting, no, you know, water manipulation or fancy lighting or anything. And so we took the picture and then a couple weeks later, a couple weeks had gone by and I'd forgotten about it because I had gotten busy with some work stuff. And on January 1st, I was like, oh man, I should really post that picture. I haven't done that yet. And so I wrote the caption for the picture where I just kind of talk about how my body has been through so much. It's been judged, evaluated, and criticized by um, other health and fitness professionals, by women in my community, by the internet. Um, and so I just said, you know what? Like, I'm I'm not interested in what people think about the way my body looks anymore because it's it's my body and it's none of their business. And I was like writing this thing and I was like, it's good, but it's not, it's not there yet. What's, what's the thing? And I said, oh my gosh, today is the first day. And as long as I can remember that I'm not interested in changing the way that my body looks. And that was like the clincher. That was like, man, that's the thing. And so I I wrote the, wrote the caption and posted it. And, um, within a minute it had about 57 likes. And within about two minutes, it had about 97 likes. And about three minutes, it had like 150-something. And I just watched this thing kind of explode right before my very eyes. Now, because this is the internet we're talking about, I'm sure there was some kind of an idiot out there 
that was, uh, you know, maybe being negative about this. Did you get any backlash whatsoever about any of this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So according really? to one, according to one person, um, I need to lose 40 pounds. So I'm about, yeah, yeah, I know. Off. So I'm I need to be right now. And I'm like, man, like, <laughs> where would it come from? I don't really yeah. know. But, uh, so apparently I need to be almost 5'11 and about 130 pounds. You wonder with, why with women no have legs. issues with their bodies, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just chop off a leg <laughs> and like part of an arm. Um, so according to someone else, I'm an embarrassment to women, and I need to stop eating so many carbs. Wait, wait these oh, these were crap. these were comments like on that post. Oh yeah, well they were from various various places. Yeah, um, those were on because I'm sure we'll get into this in a minute. But it was shared by a lot of different media outlets, and so um, it started out with really positive. Uh, feedback because it was in my community, right? And right. I didn't I didn't realize until later that I've been in this like social media bubble of just like flowers and kitty cats and unicorns and like fairy dust, like where people are just really kind and uplifting and like we've cultivated a community of people that just want to be really nice to other people. Um, and so started out really really good and positive and kind, and then you know as as a viral post does, it reaches people who know you, and then it reaches people who know people who know you, and then it reaches people who you know. And so it started out really good, and then it started getting kind of negative, and um, so yeah, there were people posting, you know, she's an attention whore, she's just doing this, you know, for whatever attention, and I'm like. Well, first of all, I'm like, I'm sorry, you must be new here. Like, yeah. I've been doing this work for a very long time. And I promise you, if I knew how to make something go viral, I would have done it well before now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, because, I mean, what they're basically saying is she wants attention. If, absolutely, if I can bring attention and shine a spotlight on the way women's bodies are judged, evaluated, and criticized, I'll take it all day long. So, yeah, I got some negative stuff. But um, in the last couple years, and I've been, I've been in therapy for a really long time, probably six or seven years now, and I talk really openly about that because I think it's something that is stigmatized a bit. I think it's super important for people to do. But over the last couple of years, I've um, really gotten to a place where I'm not super interested in, in what people think about me or my body. And so it was uh, my friend Aaron Brown, who's an advisory board, board member, has um, been subjected to some similar criticisms. And she says, their words are not mine to hold on to. And I think that's a really powerful phrase, especially when you put yourself out there and kind of live your life um, in the public eye and on the internet. And she says that with the good and the bad. Because I like something I used to struggle with is, it's not that I always felt ugly. It was that I let people define how I felt about myself. So if someone called me gorgeous, I was riding this wave of like, oh, I'm gorgeous, I'm awesome, I'm whatever. Then the instant someone called me fat, that would come crashing down because I let other people and external factors define how I felt about myself. So I was excited that this happened now because I feel very um, prepared and qualified to be kind of the representation of this idea because this picture isn't about me as an individual. It's only about me to the people who know me. Um, but for the most part, it's not about me. It's a representation of an idea. And I was excited that it happened at this point in my life when I feel really qualified to not let the good or the bad kind of affect me. It just all kind of rolls off my back because I know that whatever people are writing is about them and not me. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, talk about some of the... As my voice cracks, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I have a goal. Shut up. Um, talk about some of the media outlets that picked this up and did some, some more... I think I might have seen it on Huffington Post is where I saw that. And I was like, is oh, that yeah. that we talked to? Me? It is. It is. And so it was picked up by... Um, 
the mirror and the daily mail in the UK. It was picked up by Huffington post women, Huffington post lifestyle, the regular Huffington post and most of their kind of, um, other outlets like Japan and France and things. It was picked up by the today show online. Good morning, America. Um, MSN, Fox News, ABC National News. I mean, it was everywhere, which was the funniest part. When I got off the phone with a woman from the Today Show, I posted on Facebook. I'm like, this is this is insane. A woman likes her body, and it is national news. Yeah. Like, a woman likes her body, and it's like, ah, bring what? it to 11. Yeah. I know. Well, seriously, so. it is crazy, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I, I totally get why you posted this. And what your underlying like kind of message was is that it's crazy. It's crazy that like this is the first time that you were satisfied with what you had going on. This is crazy that this is the first time that like you hadn't been thinking about like, you know, okay, what am I going to change next? What Like that you were content. It's crazy that we've built a society where people, especially women, think about that. And you said something really, really uh, insightful earlier that like uh, that I'd never really considered. The implications that we tell men that like men need to be bigger, faster, stronger, that women need to be lesser and lesser and smaller and 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 more demure, and that's just something I'd never really considered any at all from like a man's perspective. How how much how much different that is, you know? Yeah, it really is, and it's and it kind of. I mean, there's no way that it cannot seep over into other areas of our lives. Like you know, if a woman speaks her mind, then she's bossy or she's a or whatever. And if a man does it, he, you know, commands respect and he's powerful and he's whatever. And so it's, it's happening in so many areas of our lives. And, you know, I see this happening in fitness as well in terms of, um, we're, the, the pendulum is definitely swinging. It is swinging away from women being told, uh, you know, a bit being told to be less. And now it's swinging over to like, Hey, you know, working out's cool. And, you know, strong is the new skinny and like, you know, whatever talking about women being more muscular and more powerful, but even some of those kind of, um, campaigns or people who are trying to shift the perspective from, you know, skinny is skinny to strong is the new skinny. And and I'm not speaking just about that one in particular. I don't know the people behind that, um, that organization, but it's still telling women what they should be. Right. And so this is a really powerful shift that's happened in girls gone strong in the last year and a half was bringing Erin Brown onto the advisory board. And she is a woman's she's a body autonomy or women's autonomy expert. And so the autonomy is, I don't think we should tell women they should work out or they should be muscular or they should be lean or small or whatever. It's about just keeping essentially our opinions to ourselves about what other women should be doing. Let, you know, let her do what she wants to do. And so that's, that's a shift that's happened at GGS. We were always saying, Oh, women should lift. They should do this. They should do that. And now we say, frankly, we want you to do whatever feels good to you. And if that's lifting weights, that's fantastic. And if you'd like to achieve this certain aesthetic or the certain, these certain performance goals, we believe that we have the formula to help you get there but it's not our job to tell you that that's what you should want for yourself yeah i love that (laughs) idea that isn't that a novel thought like if you don't have something nice to say shut up like right uh, (laughs) yeah exactly and just let and let women decide for themselves like people have been deciding everything for us for so long you know um whether it's you know 
society or our, you know, significant others or our spouses or whatever, like people have been putting their, their rules and regulations and shoulds and things on women and their bodies for eternity. And so I love that this kind of shift is happening in the culture and even women do it to other women as well. And I think that generally comes from a place of insecurity. And so we're, we're big fans of, of lifting other women up and, and letting them know that whatever they want for themselves and their bodies is perfectly fine. And if um, they have a specific goal that we think we can help them with, then we provide the information and solutions for them to do that. But it's none of our business what they should want for themselves. And I guess there's a, there's a psychological element to that where it's like, okay, so you get to choose what feels good for you. But if that means like they're going to work out seven days a week, twice a day, and and they're sort of hiding behind the no 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 this is what I've chosen this is I feel good about right. this like where how do you like sort of uh, get that like, yeah there's there's that? totally there's totally an education element to it and I think that's the interesting thing they're like hey I want to run a marathon and do Zumba five times a week and do this but I also want to lose body fat and be able to do ten chin ups and it's like okay so <laughs> we're gonna have to have a talk here about what. Um, specific inputs are going to lead to specific outputs or results. And so there's definitely an education process here in saying, like, if you want to do this, this is the what we consider in our experience to be the most op- optimal formula to achieve that. And what we try to do when it comes to, you know, working out, say, strength training versus cardio, for example, we try to really take into account a couple things, a woman's ability level, her schedule, um, her goals and what she finds fun. So if a woman says, you know, okay, well, I'm newer to strength training and I have this many hours per week and, you know, I want to lose body fat and, you know, maybe get a little bit stronger and, you know, I like everything. I like strength training and cardio. Then we'd say, okay, perfect. So you're newer to strength training. So we'll probably have you strength training two to three days a week. You said you enjoy cardio. So we're going to do a couple of moderate intensity sessions to help boost your recovery, improve your sleep, um, build you an aerobic base, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you maybe can add in a hit session every week if you want, you know, but it'd be mild because you're, you're new to lifting. And so we kind of, we base it around that. So it's an, it's a definitely an art and a science in terms of the recommendations we make for women, what they should be doing in the gym and what they should be eating. But there's a huge, like I said, kind of education component to helping women figure out kind of their personal formula that works for them based on all of those factors. Yeah, I love that, the, the idea that if somebody's saying that this is the, the only way, this is the way to do it, then you need to run away from that person because... <laughs> run away all... fast. And if a woman says like, hey, I want to get stronger, but I really don't like strength training, well, then it's important to say it's going to be really hard for you to get stronger, except for in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, you can get stronger and gain lean mass from walking if you're completely untrained. But, right. you know, the, the, to say, hey, like you're not going to get much stronger without some strength training. So what do you want to do? And, um, and kind of figure out, again, what are they willing to do? What are they, how many things are they willing to do that they don't love? And, and you know, what's their, what's their long-term goal? How are we going to keep them consistent with it over the next 30 years? Cause I don't care if a woman's in the gym today and I don't care if she goes to the gym tomorrow. I want her in the gym 20 years from now. Right. Yeah, that's good. So what, like, what are your, like the, the non-negotiables, you know, like you've got, you've got all this wiggle room, but you know, I, for me, like I, a good, uh, I guess measure of health to me is being able to do a pull-up or being able to squat down 
you know, or being able to get up off the floor by yourself, you know, just very basic things like that. So what are some of the things, and it doesn't have to be just with movement stuff, but across the board, what are some of those non-negotiables that, that need to be in place in order for that, that foundation of health to be sort of built on? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would start with nutrition because um, I think that's so critical. I think eating, really tuning into your hunger cues. And for um, for our clients, that means um, that means eating when they're hungry and stopping when they're full. So being able to identify um, when they're actually feeling hunger or when they might just be having a craving and being able to sit with that hunger for a little while if they need to. So they know, I mean, for me, I was kind of brought up in this era of like, you have to eat six meals a day. And the minute that you're hungry, it's because your body's eating up all of your muscle tissue, right? right? So being able to sit with that hunger a little bit and know that it's okay and it's fine. It's something they can handle. Um, eating slowly, and so making sure that they, um, that, and, and that's something that helps them kind of tune into their hunger and fullness cues as well. But we all know it takes about 20 minutes for the brain and the stomach to kind of link up and say, okay, hey, I think I'm full now. So, so eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're 80% full, eating slowly, um, eating a really varied diet. So obviously we know produce is really good. I don't think there's any diet in the world that argues that fruits and vegetables and other produce is not healthful. Um, I'm a big fan of animal protein for most people. If someone is against eating animal protein for ethical reasons, I totally understand that and just try to find other, other sources of, of plant-based proteins for them to eat, um, healthy fats, of course, eating enough of those and daily movement of any sort, whether it's, you know, walking or yoga or whatever. I think I would love to see pretty much everybody moving their body you know, 30 minutes, at least a few days a week. And like you said, being able to get up off the ground like that, the, what is it like a one-to-one correlation, the mortality, uh, risk or the, the mortality associated with being able to get up off the ground. Like people who can't get up off the ground die significantly sooner than people who can. Well, uh, what, what do you mean getting up off the ground? Like if like, I lay down on the ground, like not able to get up. Right. Like, like if my, right, literally. Like, yeah. Like when my, uh, my, all my grandparents are dead. Thanks for bringing it up, Rick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but like, <laughs> So, like, if my granddad, I guess really both of them, like, if they had, like, if you had just, like, laid them down on the floor, there is absolutely no way either of them could have stood up by themselves. Like, zero. Hmm. Well, yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because it's not, like, it's not necessarily can you get up off the ground. If not, then you're going to die, obviously, right. unless you're in a situation where you're, like, a firefighter or something like that where that that's really important. But, I mean, if you think about all of the other factors associated with can you get up and down off the ground normally someone who's been sedentary their whole life and they're older is not going to have practiced that skill ever where someone who's not sedentary and more active is probably going to have done those things more often the heavier you are the more difficult it's going to be to get up and down off the ground which means that you are probably more likely to carry more body fat than someone who's a bit leaner and you know lighter and more spry i guess and so you know there are specific exercises like all of the get up variations all of the turkish get up variations we actually just had a woman write about this um she's a move nat instructor and she yes. wrote about this for girls gone strong um wrote about all of the different get up variations i had no idea there were so many i think she only wrote about like seven on our site but she showed it with a barbell and a medicine ball and she the tripod get up and all of these cool different ways just to get your body up and down off the ground and um so there are more formal ways to do it again with like a Turk with like an actual like kettlebell Turkish get up but literally just being able to go from a lying position to a standing position is a really is, is a high predictor of, of how long you're going to live so really <laughs> like that little service Rick you know it's like the, I've fallen and I can't get up that that thing that calls the emergency for you 
You Life just, alert. You could just get rid of that because if you fall and you can't get up, you're going to die anyway. So we might right, just yeah. leave you down If you there. need that, that's bad news. Yeah, we'll just well, leave you down there. I guess I really didn't ever think about something like that. So uh, yeah. that's well, interesting. So anyways, you are saying, and I interrupted you because I'm a jerk. <laughs> but oh, you're me? a funny jerk and you're an interesting jerk. So oh, well, that's right. well, well. Thank you very much. Mark's Matt. like, geez, please do not do this. <laughs> Don't do yeah. this. Can I tell you a secret? Like when we're uh, interviewing someone, when we're interviewing someone, (laughs) like Mark and I will be texting back and forth like, hey, I've got a next question. So we're not walking all over each other. And I get a disproportionate amount of guests saying, man, that's a really good question to a question I'll ask. And it burns Mark up to the core every (laughs) single time. So so not only do I have good questions every time, but I'm also funny and smart. So thank you, Molly. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> um, whatever, Rick. Okay, so Molly, what is uh, what's what's next for Molly? Oh gosh. Well, as you can imagine, when the the picture was kind of like going viral, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to kind of strike while the iron's hot. And what I mean by that is making sure that people who landed on my page understood that this wasn't a flash in the pan one time thing, and that I've been doing this work for a really long time, and that there was a lot more where that came from. And so. For the last, uh, let's see, and it was also, this was also happening when we were opening up registration for our Strongest You Coaching Group, which is a nine-month program that we open up two to three times a year where we walk people through exactly what we're talking about here, these habit-based nutrition changes, the training programs, we do a whole lot of mindset work and body embracement. So all of this was going on while we were getting ready to open registration for that after several months of preparation while I was also in California for a Girls Gone Strong retreat. So those, I didn't really sleep or eat for a couple of weeks, which is why it's good that I'm down in Costa Rica taking care of myself. <clears throat> but um, Girls Gone Strong, so I was doing that. Girls Gone Strong is getting ready to launch a new website, and that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. We're going to finally have our apparel up for sale again. Um, we had it at the Women's Fitness Summit, and we sold out in about 30 hours. Wow. So. I mean, the Women's Fitness Summit is a a conference or summit that we put on in Kansas City at the end of August, and it is um, just like Girls Gone Strong. It's designed by women for women, and it's actually put on by by myself and um, Dr. Cassandra Forsyth, who's an advisory board member. She has more letters behind her name than anyone you know, Um, and she and I put it it on um, in Kansas City, and there's going to be 12 to 14 all-female speakers. And it's all women in attendance, which uh, chuffs some of the guys. They don't—they're not big fans of that. They want to be able to come and um, and hear what's going on because they train women as well. But it's a—it's a for now. It's a by women for women event, and um, that's in August. So we've got the new website coming up. We've got the new apparel coming up. The Women's Fitness Summit is in August. Um, we are just like moving and shaking and growing fast. We have a couple of secret projects, super top secret projects in the works coming, uh, in probably June ish. So everybody can keep their eyes posted, uh, or peeled for those. And all that you can, to to keep up with all the stuff is just girlsgonestrong.com. And there's also the Facebook dot com slash girls gone strong is that the best place yes yes our we've got an amazing facebook community of coming up on two hundred thousand, and um yeah and like i said the website you can go there there's places to subscribe to our newsletters that you can stay up to date on um on the latest happenings of ggs and yeah and just i would invite people to come by our facebook page we post four to six times a day videos 
articles, um, status updates, pictures, just really trying to trying to provide again our community with the best evidence based body positive women's health and fitness information um, out there. So we would love for people to come by, check it out, interact, and become part of our community. Awesome. Well, Molly, we are out of time, and I just think you know the takeaway here is that point. If anyone's listening to this, because there's probably not, but if whoever's listening to this. <laughs> All uh, both of you. Mom, so listen up. Listen mom. up, both. Yeah. <laughs> All both of you. Is that is that? Don't think of it in terms of a before and after picture. Just think of it as like you're. This is what I am today, and I am continually trying to get healthy. And this is just what I happen to look like today. Like big, yes. big deal. And yeah. sorry, I've got to say one thing there. You can love your body as it is right now while wanting it to look or perform differently right. than it does right now. Right. That it's not. There's not hypocritical. It's. That's just the way that it is. You can you can love yourself even if you want things to be different, and and that's what that's the catalyst for positive, lasting change is loving yourself. I think that's like my wife who's in the room. She she loves me, but man, she wishes I was different, like a different person. She, she wishes I looked different and smelled different. And anyway, um, yes, all right. <laughs> absolutely, she does. I can vouch for her. I wish the same thing. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me on. This was such a pleasure and I really, really appreciate it and I'd love to be on anytime. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Thank you so much, Molly. No problem. Sounds good. Bye. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Molly, for your time and your knowledge and uh, man, I hope we interviewed her. <laughs> it's always a kind of a crapshoot when we record all these elements before we do the, the actual interview. Yeah. I'm assuming because this segment's so short, if we don't get Molly, then we'll you know, do this, so if you're, this, so if but, you're hearing this, that's good news for us. Um, <laughs> time machine talk. Yeah. So now it is time we, as we, as the custom, someone emailed us a funny story and we set up a time to record with them. And this is the story that. You're this, real appealing the curtain back here. Hold Mark. on. The story. Oops, someone emailed us <laughs> and we recorded with them. So hold on. I for, like we. The subject of the email is the story that won me a trip to Vegas, and then we like she told the story, and I just remember like we never asked her like how she won a trip to Vegas with the story. Did you? It's actually a good point. Uh, <laughs> we get, and I mentioned this in the recording. There are two kinds of humans being humans: the kind that's so like wheels off that will never happen to anyone ever again, like when Mark like craps his pants constantly. Hey. And then the kind <laughs> where like everyone can relate, and this is definitely like an everyone can relate. And so me and you. This is our custom. We completely steal the spotlight from our guests, yeah. and we start telling our stories. And we never really got back around to how she got a trip to Vegas. So I'm assuming this happened. She won a trip to Vegas somehow. Somehow. Here's Tanya. <laughs> Tanya joining us, and she emailed us a story. And as is the custom, we get a lot of these emails. I did not go back. All I know is that the the subject of the email was the story that won me a trip to Vegas. Is that right? That's right. true. Okay. Mm-hmm. So expli- okay. So so go tell us the story and then explain how it won you a trip to Vegas. So a couple years ago, I was at work, um, and uh, I had a pretty rough morning. Um, And decided that I would elaborate on that morning with my husband over text. Um, I explained to him that I had um, made a couple trips to the restroom, I guess you'd say. uh, Please elaborate. (laughs) And uh, had some Mark Rogers moments. (laughs) 
I love how we are turning slowly the the global conversation of diarrhea into just calling it a Mark Rogers. Hold on, Rick. How do you how do we know she's not talking about shirtless deadlifts though? <laughs> There's a lot of things that are Mark Rogers, yeah. but go ahead. So you had some a Mark Rogers moment. Yes, I did. Um, and uh, and so I I started texting my husband, um, and elaborated on that and then ended with something to the effect of, aren't you glad that we can just talk so openly about this type of thing? And then I hit send. Oh, no. And then I immediately re- immediately realized it wasn't my husband that I was sending that text to. Oh, no. Uh, it was my boss. Oh, <laughs> gosh. You're like, so I guess you won't be in the team meeting this <laughs> afternoon, Tanya? Well, uh, I'm glad that condition's covered with our group medical insurance. Uh, you need me to get you in touch with HR to find a network provider? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty... Uh, uh, my heart dropped at that second, and uh, I immediately tried to figure out where he was so that I could Run do some damage and, control. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so what? Like, how did he respond? Like, what? Thankfully, he was in a meeting and uh, with my VP, um, but but they were in a meeting, so they weren't paying attention to their phones. Oh. And uh, I was able to like knock on the door and say, like, hey. Um, I sent you something that I meant to send to my husband, and, and he immediately handed me his phone. Oh, so that I could oh man. That's How the cool. mark of a good boss, because yes. I am a huge piece of crap, and I would have been like, oh, let's have a look. Yeah. And it's like it's a bunch of weird stuff, but... That reminds yeah. me, like, is it an episode, Mark, of Seinfeld, where, like, George Costanza leaves a voicemail and yes. realizes immediately he should have... So he tries, like, this clandestine... To, like, break into the... To the place and to delete the voice messages. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my great, great fears is that I'm going to send like an email because on my phone, everyone who's got uh, there's bragging montage, anyone's got an iPhone <laughs> that has multiple emails realizes Ooh. that like, uh, you know, you can send an email, but you can choose which email address it comes from. I've got three oh, separate right. ones that I run from my phone my personal one, whoa, my whoa, one wait. for the show, and you my have, work email. You have three mm-hmm. emails? Yep, three wow. emails, I know, right? And I'm definitely afraid that, like, I'm going to accidentally send one from the wrong account or send one to the wrong person or something to that effect, and I'm going to have to, like, break into someone's house and like steal their like device to delete it off of there or something. Like, hey Rick, what are you doing here? Where's your phone? Oh, it's over on the table. You just pick it up and just smash it down like on the floor and start like <laughs> jumping on it. Like, what? hey. It's like it's on the cloud. That doesn't do anything. Mark, oh. have you ever done that? Yeah. And sent an email okay, or so a text message? I have a couple of thoughts on this. So the first one is that this recently I had a uh, a student at the university I work at. We were we were he's an, an athlete there and so we were trying to get together to work on some mobility stuff rick make your joke hmm. no joke to be made okay we uh, all know yeah <laughs> and he texted me or he accidentally texted me something he was supposed to text his friend or something and he texted me and it had a, a naughty word it had the d word in it the, <laughs> the, the d word like damn it had damn in it you know oh there's else. a lot of other worse words right. that i was thinking yeah. of. if i could go through them right now how about Oh, no, no, please. Yeah, have to bleep. Did you do a series of? Do I have to bleep? I don't think I have to bleep. Damn, do I? Like in this kind of. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. So, damn's fine. So I, so I texted him back like, damn. Hey, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. (laughs) I, uh, I texted him him back. Hey, could have been a lot worse than damn. You know, ha ha, whatever. Well, then I realized that I sent that text to our athletic director. Like, so I 
I turned around and did the same exact thing to him. So then I'm having to explain to the athletic director, like, oh, sorry, that was a text that I got. It was, it was the wrong person. And then I actually sent it to the wrong person back. Sorry. And, he, you know, he was just like, oh, great story. You know, like, uh, th- thanks. And then uh, and the other thing I have, Rick, and you know this. You give me a hard time about this. But, Tanya, I have. Yes, this is. Yeah, I do. Anybody, I anybody that I have in my phone, like, if you if you are promoted to Mark will send you inappropriate things status. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> oh man, and if I could tell you guys what it is, it's all just very bananas. So like, yes. so Rick is obviously my brother's, my wife, you know, obviously will get things I wouldn't want to send to someone get CC else. to his wife's ones that he sends. Yeah. So <laughs> to a naked, naked Captain Morgan pose. <laughs> so any of any anybody like that that you you go into my phone as like a total off the wall nickname, like the most like oh, right, wow. right now, and I won't explain why, but right now Rick is in my phone as Melissa Gibson, which is <laughs> which does not sound like a nickname. I know, but. Yeah, I know. And like like my uh, my brothers are Dido and Dragon, and I have a Fleefer Flopper, and I have a, like all these other deals. So I so he doesn't make the mistake that we've all made, and then yeah. sending it to like oh I meant to send this to to Dan Brown and I accidentally sent it to Dave Brown. Yeah. It turns out Dave Brown's a real piece of crap. But <laughs> I have a, a, and I just thought of this. I remember I did this once when I was a brand new, a rookie policeman. Let's see if I can kind of set the stage a little bit. So my boss's name, my immediate supervisor's name, it started with a B. I'm not going to say what it is for, you know, anonymity's sake. Well, he was, uh, you know, he was a nice guy. You know, he would get along pretty good, but there's another officer on my shift that I didn't get along with really well. He keeps trying to be like crap when I first got hired because that's how it happens. You get a rookie. Screw this Hazing. rookie. Yes. He and I are actually really good friends now. Well, anyways, uh, this officer, uh, that I didn't get along with necessarily, he came in one night and he kind of got crossways with the boss or whatever. And he comes storming out of the building and he was, you know, Cussing his name up and going, oh, Sergeant B, what a flipper flopper and doisily do and all this and that. you <laughs> know. And he goes and slams the door in his car. Well, I send a text message to another officer that I was friends with whose name also started with a B. Man, Jeremy, that's the guy's first name. It's like Jeremy sure went nuts and was f- Oh, whoops. Oh, boy, yeah. that. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, out of there. see people, yeah, was, like, was, he, he, he curses. Like, him not saying that word is a lot of work for him. Yeah, yeah. It really is sometimes, especially when I'm telling Sounds a story. Like my well, husband. Like, uh, you know, Jeremy came out, and he was really giving Sergeant B the business and talking all kinds of garbage about him. Well, I accidentally sent it to Sergeant oh, B instead no. of Officer B, and Uh-oh. the officer got in trouble, and I don't think he knows to this day that it was, he got in trouble because of me. It's been... <laughs> Ten years. And what do they say? Plus, just somebody they overheard him talking or something, or yeah, like he uh, like he threw kind of the officer threw kind of a temper tantrum because he got in trouble and went outside and was like you know just ranting and raving about this boss. Well, I guess the boss just said, "I heard you had some choice words for me last uh, night, and let's hash this out or something to that effect." So uh, I've done that. That's the only time I can really recall when I've done that. But uh, so we've all I feel like we've all done that. That's the perils of modern technology. I, I feel guess. like it. Like my yeah. parent, my parents do it a lot. Like. That they, they oh, that's a very old person technology yeah. thing to do. It sounds like, they or won't. to send the pocket text with like just a bunch of random letters, and I respond with, "Do you smell burning toast? Do I need to call nine one one? Are you having well, a stroke?" Or like they don't realize that an email or a text has other people on it. And then, oh my mm-hmm. god, I've got another good one on that. Yeah, that's what when they said. first started, like when Apple first started a few years ago, doing the group text message, like used to be, you would send a text message and you could pick like ten people. 
and they would respond and it would go individually to you. Well, Apple did a software update where like they enabled the gigantic group text message that we all enjoy now. Well, I didn't know this and no one knew this. So I sent a picture that was funny to several people I worked with and a couple other people that I was friends with and to my dad. Well, like my dad responded with some very dad reply. I don't even remember what it was. And then one of my work friends responded with like some kind of like not appropriate language. And then my dad responded with, who is this texting my cell phone with all of your filthy gutter talk? And they just start getting back and forth <laughs> oh, at no. it. And I'm away from my phone because I'm at training. And I look back and I'm like, oh, my God. The guy that was getting into it, my dad, standing right next to me, I was like, hey, that's my dad. And I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but you've got to stop. Like this is – worlds are colliding here. This is no good. But – Awesome. I wish I remember specifics. Well, Tanya, yes. your story is funny. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, and I think it's funny because we have two kinds of funny stories on here. The kind that is so outrageous, no one will ever believe. Like when Chris Brannon, I was uh, mad. That is the story. That, is a Chick Fil A cup. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say poop in a cup. Like we. Yeah. Are, yeah. Or the kind like you just told that everyone who's listening goes, oh yeah. yeah. Happened to me. I remember when I did the same type of thing. So. <laughs> Let's chalk yours into that category. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for in, for uh, for enlightening us. And thank you for being a, uh, a an awesome Simply Human. Thank you. Awesome. Tanya, Appreciate that. And thank you for uh, being flexible with your schedule. I know we are recording at a time that we did not previously agree to. So thank you for working with our flexibility. Mm. Well, thank you for being flexible, too. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> oh, there it is. All right, Tanya, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much uh, for doing this. Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you, Tanya. You can find all of her work at tanya.com. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see where I can hear the work at. <laughs> Just kidding. She doesn't have a website. Um, all right, so now it's time for... Uh, the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And, you know, we had the... Uh, play- Whoa, what was that? We had the plagiarizing Brian Johnson's Philosopher's Notes uh, months, have several months that we did that, and we've just sort of been floundering around with our tips of the week. And I think the, how we're going to start doing them moving forward uh, is we're going to look at, like, different studies and then, like, some of the news articles that come out based on those studies. And this is... So here's the first one, Rick. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, this is a study done um, somewhere in the world. Uh, oh, well, and, uh, all right then. The author, You're narrowing it down. Here's the author affiliations. Uh, Coventry University. I guess it's in the UK. Yeah, Coventry University is where the study was done. So the background is the relationship between cognition and sexual activity in healthy older adults uh, mm. is, is under-researched, right? So we need to figure this out. And this goes along with the uh, crosstalk last show when I talked about uh, vaginal, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the uh, vaginal, uh, vaginal things uh, in front of some college students? I didn't mean to. Um, so there's not enough study in this. So this current study explores the possible mediating Mom's factors. mom looks like a professor in her laboratory <laughs> like with her glasses and her Bunsen burner. Like, yes, uh, my cognition is very high right now. Well, uh, what did you say? I said <laughs> I said there was an article. The question was like, is it like we're preparing for this? I was like, does older does does uh, <laughs> does having sex at older people make you better for you or something? And you said, I don't know. Ask your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so this study explores the possible mediating factors in the association in men and women and attempts to provide an explanation in terms of physiological influences on cognitive function. So how they did this 
longitudinal study of aging is where uh, explored associations between sexual activity and cognition in adults aged 50 to 89. There were two different tests of cognitive function, number sequencing. 50 to 89? That's a big range. Yeah. Who is 89 that is still well, knocking boots? Ask your is gra- that a thing? Ask your grandpa. Hmm. Well, he died <laughs> years ago. So oh, I guess my I'll gra- ask him when I go to heaven. Oh, my grandparents are dead, too. You're not going to heaven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, continue. And, uh, You're derailed. Good, so continue. number sequencing and word recall, uh, those they, they've shown those things are, are very related to memory. So we're going to say, okay, who's sexually active? And then how is their cognition in later life? So the results... After and this is funny, like listen to how many things they adjust for in this study. So after adjusting for age, education, wealth, physical activity, depression, cohabiting, self-related health, loneliness, and quality of life, that's a lot. To, yeah. They there were significant associations between sexual activity and number sequencing and recall in men. However, in women there was a significant association between sexual activity and recall, but not in the number sequencing. So, okay. whatever. So the, so, the conclusions were that, yes, that it seems to be that the older you get, the more sexually active you are, the better your brain cognition. So, the tip of the week is, man, if you're old, get, get to it. Get on it. Get on it. <laughs> so, Slip yeah. out of that nighty and... <laughs> <laughs> Take off your matching pajamas and <laughs> get over into your husband's twin is is matching twin bed across the uh, little nightstand. Oh gosh! Just okay, like... we have all kinds of jokes about like <laughs> old people banging, <laughs> but seriously, like uh, I think there's there's something something that we can all draw off of this, and that is as human beings, we are designed to uh, to do sex stuff. Right? Doesn't Re- have to be weird, but like it's part of our design, and so. You know, that's part of a well-rounded, healthy life. Yep. We're not saying go out and, you know, bang a hundred of a, a anonymous <laughs> random guys in a truck stop bathroom. But like, uh, you know, that's a healthy part of life. You have to find balance with, with all the other things. So, you know, that's that's something that we should, you know, make sure we're striving to have a, a healthy, healthy spot in our life for, for sexual acts, whether well, you're, uh, you know, younger or whether you're old and... You know that way. Yeah, <laughs> an age is that? Is that what you mean? That way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, if you're old and bang, then it's good. Just <laughs> don't tell a, me about it. That's a horrible word, detail. word for it. Uh, yeah, it's also <laughs> like play. You know, like when you're when when you watch animals, oh with boy, little puppies and and little lion cubs and things. When they're playing, the things that they do sort of mimic the same sort of actions and behaviors and motions that they're going to have to do when they're hunting and when they're reproducing, right? So, like, so it's just kind of an interesting thing. So, like, we're just sort of hardwired for those things. So it just makes sense. It's something that you're hardwired to do, like, you know, find food or, like, for inhumans, walking. And we talked about the optic uh, view, optic flow with Katie Bowman and, and yeah. sort of these things that are sort of hardwired into our brains. It doesn't matter why they're good for us. It's just, like, you know, that's just it's good for you like you know like like shutting all the lights off when the sun goes down or having dim lights and and all that cutting out artificial lights kind of goes along the same thing so we're hardwired to do those things uh more so with rick's mom than others uh Mm -hmm. and so uh better get in line (laughs) it's a long day It's like All a right. taken number, like a deli counter. Oh, uh, she's just like laying up on the parchment paper. Stop! <laughs> You're going. I can't Sorry. make Nazi jokes, but you can make a 
banging my mom at a deli jokes okay you, yeah you brought it up all right hopefully we have, we have not uh made too many people spit their coffee out oh uh, god all right uh, that'll do it Let, let's uh i don't know who we're gonna have next week i still you know since rob wolf gave us the don't call us we'll call you i'm still looking uh one thing we have to mention here this is a big change rick it's a big change okay we have always since the beginning of time, of Simply Human Time, we have released pretty much oh, the, yeah, yeah. the 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th of every month. And I don't know why I did it like that. I, just, I think it just sort of happened that way on the first month. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And then you get a little break after the fourth show. You know, you have a few extra days in there before the next week starts. So we're going to change it. After much deliberation, we are going to start re- releasing on Monday. Every Monday. And if there's yes. and so f- the first four Mondays of the month will be shows, and if there's a fifth Monday, there will be no show. There'll just be like a an extra a built in. Yeah, so we're still doing four shows a month. Yeah. It's just we're gonna because it's been it's it, especially when the show releases like on a Saturday or Sunday, it's hard for Mark to you know cause it's got family stuff going That's on. Super Bowl. He's got to carve that out. So yeah. we're just making a slight adjustment. So every single like the first four Mondays of the month, if there's a fifth Monday. No show, but that's how we're going to do it from now on. Yeah. All right, so go to the website. Should be, should be easier and more predictable for you people, so you don't have to be like, oh, if you're dying for a show, you know, those Wait the seventh or whatever, you just know it's coming on a Monday. I feel like this works out in everybody's best interest. There you go. Uh, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook. Go to Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Periscope, all that, at simplyhuman52. Email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We understand that uh, there are a lot of options out there. Thanks for making the Simply Human podcast part of your day. We really appreciate it. Uh, Please leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. That is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast. You know, we had the... uh, Whoa, what was that? You know, we had the... uh, Whoa, what was that? You know, we had the... uh, Whoa, what was that? So until next time, (laughs) enjoy yourself.